hi, my name is Georgia Wiley and you're listening to How's That, the Cricket Podcast. How's that? You missed the bout, I caught you up. How's that? Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of How's That, the Cricket Podcast with me, Ollie. And me, Lily. First of all, I'll straight off the middle of the bat, we just want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or a Happy Holidays, depending on how you celebrate it. Obviously, we're coming right up to Christmas now. We're right up to the festive period, which does mean a hell of a lot of cricket as well. But however you are spending the holiday period, we hope that you enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So like we said, there's there's been lots going on. Um, unfortunately, due to Ollie being on holiday for the past couple of weeks, we have missed out on quite a bit of cricket, which we just won't be able to catch you up on because it's just been hectic. Um, we'll run through a bit of the big bash and we'll briefly talk about Australia and India women. But Ollie, first of all, how, how was your holiday? Take us through it. How was your time off? Yeah, it was it was quite nice. I listened back to all the episodes and they were brilliant as always. Obviously, uh, very strikers heavy, but I can't complain it with you running it. Uh, that, that's absolutely fine. But that was a lot of fun. Still watched a bit of cricket. Obviously, watched, you know, the cricket version of The Shining with Jack Leach's head. I watched Joe Root batting left-handed. And I watched the Stars lose to a team who then got bowled out for 15 three days later. <laughs> so the Big Bash is back. The men's Big Bash is back when Stars are doing Starsy things. Um, but no, it's been a lot of fun. Nice to just relax and yeah, good to be back recording episodes. So this is a very special episode, particularly for you, Lily, because this episode is actually number 50 in the How's That the Cricket podcast history. So... Lily, congratulations. Obviously, I haven't been on board for all 50, but the amount of work you've put in has been pretty damn incredible. So raise the bat, halfway there to halfway there to a ton. So, um, you know, you've got to get there. But, um, you know, raise the bat, celebrate. I don't know how else you're going to celebrate it, but uh, massive congratulations on, on the milestone. It's been a lot of fun for the time that, that I've been involved. So, uh, but you've done a lot of great work. So uh, massive congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's actually flown by. I can't believe we've done 50 episodes already. Like that's 50 weeks of interviews and, and chatting cricket, which is absolutely mental. But obviously, I think you, you've been around for half of it, I reckon. You jumped on board in 25, 26, something like that. So obviously you're 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 halfway to your 50. Um, so hopefully you'd want to stick around and stick it out to, to 50 of yours. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I jumped on board. Episode 24, it was my first one that I was introduced in. So, so I missed the first 23. Uh, number 24 I hopped on board so I've, I've only made it to what this will be about 26 and obviously I've been absent in some of those as well so I need to get a move on uh, you've been you've been hogging the strike so uh, you need to rotate the strike a little bit more um, and I need to get some runs on the board because it's been a really slow start to the end <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty incredible 50 um, obviously huge thank you to everyone who listens I think that's that's amazing and yeah thank you to you for helping me out every week and and for yeah co-hosting this with me it's it's brilliant and yeah I really enjoy chatting cricket with you each week and interviews and everything it's yeah it's incredible so thank you for everything you do for it as well but yeah thank you to everyone listening like I said it's it's hugely appreciated I, I can't believe it's it is where it is at right now it's it's absolutely mental if you would have told me first couple of days of January last year that I'd be interviewing cricketers each week and you know that this would be something that people listen to I'd, I'd say you're lying because it's absolutely incredible so yeah a uh, huge thank you to everyone who's stuck around all year. It's been amazing. But yeah, should we get stuck into cricket? I think we should. So, Big Bash, it's 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 been interesting, to say the least. It has definitely yeah. been interesting. It's been all over the shop. Um, we'll just get going right off the bat with the very first game, which was your Stars versus the Sydney Thunder, who we will get to in a minute, because the Thunder are interesting, that's for sure. The first game, um, it, it, it was close. It came down to 
a singular bye at the end, uh, which won the Thunder the match with Joe Clark missing that one. Do, did you manage to watch that game? And what did you think of that one? I did manage to watch it because Kale works outside of Australia, which I didn't re- I didn't think it would, but it does if you've got a subscription. So I watched it. Um, again, I, I said to you that it just brought back WBBL flashbacks of the Scorchers game when, you know, we were below par with the bat, brilliant with the ball, and my heart got ripped out in the last couple of overs, um, or the last over in this case. So um, instead of, of Annabelle Sutherland, who was so unlucky in that game, it was it was Joe Clark completely missing the ball. Um, so, you know, that's the life of a Stars fan. Um, as a Strikers fan, obviously, you know, you're celebrating at the back of the WBBL, and I'm not celebrating at all. I mean, we've had a win since, but it was frustrating. We were, we were like, really bad with the bat, I thought. But with the ball, I thought we were decent, a lot of positives, and we've you know, had a game since then, which we managed to win. So put it behind us, move on, and, and that's the way it is. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned the, the, the strikers. Now, second game was between the Adelaide strikers and the Sydney Sixers. Strikers batting first, scoring 184 for six off their 20, which was a really good score, actually. Like, obviously coming in from last year, and the women, we had such a, a bowler-heavy attack, and we struggled with the bat. But now we're we're a bit stronger with the bat, I think it's fair to say. We've recruited some pretty good people. So, look, we got off to a bit of a tough start, losing a really early wicket in Jake Weatherald for one. But Matt Short, how brilliant has Matt Short been? He scored 84 in his first match. And then Chris Lynn with a little handy 41 off his 34. And Adam Hose actually came in with a quick fire 40 off 22, which was really good. And then, you know, that kind of carried us over the line there with those two scores. But a, a good win by the strikers in that first game. And it's got us off to a really good start for the season, I think. Yeah, certainly. We said with uh, Matt Short, it's the it's the how's that thing, isn't it? It's the reverse curse. I don't even know what you'd call it. because um, It's not a curse at all with, with Matt Short. Get him on the podcast and he has a blinding start to the season. Because it's a Christmas episode, can we go Adam Ho-Ho's? Can we go with that? Can we run, can we run with that? I was trying to search. I was trying to search for a Christmas pun to throw in there. Hopefully a couple of more um, across the episode, but we'll, we'll run with that. He's been so good to start the season for the Strikers and and your man, or one of your men, you've got quite a lot of um, BBL players you seem to idolise. We'll get into more of those in the episode. But Mr Thornton, he's been incredible to start the season, hasn't he? So good. And like, what a signing. You know, last year when we were struggling with COVID, everyone was like, who? who? What? Like, No one knows who he is because he was playing club cricket in Melbourne and all of a sudden he's taking wickets left, right and centre for the strikers. It's incredible. He obviously did so well last year for us and they signed him on and I'm so glad we did because he has been incredible. He he hasn't gone wicketless yet. So in the first game, he took four and then moving on to the, to the second game. Incredible. Obviously, uh, before that, it was the Renegades and the Brisbane Heat. Renegades beating the Heat by 22 runs. Uh, Nick Maddinson scoring a handy 87 there, which helped the Renegades over the line. And then it was the Melbourne Stars and the Hobart Hurricanes. Stars actually winning by 38 runs. You got a couple of points on the board there. Uh, did you manage to catch up on that one as well? No, I was on the plane at this point on the way back from, oh. from Thailand after a 13-hour flight delay because of Jetstar. So I would have been in the country had it arrived on time. But uh, no, it didn't. Uh, so yeah, I was on the plane and I, I checked as I got off the plane um, and I arrived back to the Stars winning and the Thunder being bowled out for 15. So it was quite eventful. Um, and Bo Webster, shout out to Bo Webster. I know Joe Clark made a ton, but I just want to give a mention to Bo Webster. That shot, I've not seen much like it ever. He's middled that into like almost the third tier of the MCG. 
it was incredible to watch. Um, and obviously, nice to see the Stars get a win. Great tributes for Warney as well. It's the first uh, men's big bash since his passing. You know, rest in peace, Warney, and all that. Um, it was really nice to see him. You know, the tributes made to him, Stars retiring the 23. Um, it was beautiful to see all that. So nice to get um, a win in honour of Warney as well. Yeah, and, and I mean, good batting from Joe Clark as well with 101, I think, which which definitely carried the Stars over the line. But yeah, then, like you said, the next game. Now, this is the game that has been the talk around the world, I think. I, I looked at my Twitter the next morning and not a single tweet for ages was like not about this. So Adelaide Strikers versus Sydney Thunder at Spotless Stadium. Batting first, we were nine for 139 at the end of our 20. And I'm thinking... This is this is not too brilliant. This is not a brilliant score. I think many people can chase this down. Definitely under par. Um, top score coming from Chris Lynn with 36. Sydney Thunder all out for 15 off 5.5. Alex Hale's duck, Matthew Jilk's duck, Jason Sanger duck, Chris Green duck, Gorinda Sandu duck. Their highest scorer was Brendan Doggett with four and he hit a boundary and it was an it was an edge an outside edge for a boundary what like what is going on um Henry Thornton with five for three off his 2.5 Wes Agar with four for six off two and Matt Short with one for five off his first over the first thing I want to say get Brendan Doggett up the order get him off <laughs> in the batting <laughs> yeah <laughs> because <laughs> How you can high score an 11 off the back of one scoring shot is unreal. Obviously, as we record this, the, um, the Thunder have played a couple more games since then. And they played one against the Strikers last night as we record this. Um, and I was in a group chat uh, and a Thunder fan I was speaking to said it was 10 times better than the other night. And I just couldn't believe that obviously when you say it's 10 times better, it's an exaggeration. It genuinely wasn't an exaggeration. I no. found that hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but I, I said to you yesterday, we recorded this yesterday and the file went walkabout, that I said, if you had 10 chances to get more than 15, I reckon you could have done it. Yeah. I reckon I reckon you could have done it. I don't think I could have, but I reckon if, if we gave you a bat, gave you a helmet, I reckon you could, um, I'd back you in to score more than 15. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well maybe of course hypothetically of course I, I doubt we're ever going to see it yes I'd, I'd hope not but yeah it's something that the commentary team said was I think I can't even remember who it was but one of them said um this is an under 10 scorecard and I'm like actually that's a bit offensive to under 10s because under 10 score more than 15 I can guarantee you that so I think many under 10s out there listening to this commentary would be quite offended to be compared to the Sydney Thunder being all out for 15 <laughs> Yeah, and you, you brought up a tweet yesterday as well, didn't you, saying that, oh, um, being a Thunder fan and seeing that the men's and women's BBL teams both collapse. And then the, the retraction was, sorry for lumping in the, the women's team with whatever that was or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that was um, Megan Morris's tweet. Um, it was really funny because it's like, uh, how dare I put the, the women in, in the same category as the Thunder men? Because <laughs> it's just atrocious, but... Yeah, honestly, like still quite speechless. Like I still haven't got the words for it, but it was so funny because obviously last night they they rematched at Adelaide Oval and when they passed 15, it was the biggest cheer from the crowd. It was like the most sarcastic cheer and clap. It was actually so funny. Like they, I think they, they hit a four, which got them past 15 and it was just like, it erupted. It was so funny. 
and obviously it being a strikers home crowd it was it was very sarcastic but yeah loved it um and good to get the win over them again last night but let me tell you that boosted our net run rate that game for sure we're looking really good after that but yeah all out for 15 we won by 124 runs which was just incredible and then the next game was scorches and sixes scorches winning by 38 runs and then thunder and renegades renegades winning by four wickets Hurricanes, Scorchers, Hurricanes winning by eight runs, which was a bit of an uneasy game because Scorchers definitely should have had that one in the bag, but then lost it last minute, which was disappointing. And then, yeah, like I said, last night's game, Strikers and Thunder, us winning by six wickets with eight balls left. Matt Short was player of the match again with 65 of 44, uh, really well played by him. And then players just kind of assisting him around. Uh, nicely played by Alex Hales, though. He, he he did do well, and it's a lot better than the duck he got in the game before. But yeah, good win from the strikers. Henry Thornton again with two wickets in the bag. So good. So good. What can I say? Yeah, and um, I, I realised off the back of last night as well that um, you're a massive fan of Ollie Davies. I didn't realise that. So um, now being that your second favourite Ollie associated with cricket <laughs> is I'm surprised um, you didn't know. Harsh. I've I've been I've been a big big uh day one Ollie Davies fan I must say like I I, before he came into the big bash I think you know how when you go on Instagram messages and it says you've been following this account since whatever says I've been following his account since 2019 which is a long time um and we've got this thing where um we get an annual photo me and Ollie each year we've had a couple over the years and he remembers me each time and I'm like yep Still me, back yeah. again. But um, nice. yeah, you you may see some incoming talk um, over the next coming weeks. I'm not gonna say too much, but if if you are a Thunder fan, if there still are Thunder fans, hey, the, the Thunder Nation <laughs> still exists. They're not jumping if off the bandwagon. Come on, if there are respect some. the Thunder fans. Come on, they've been through enough. If there are some Thunder fans, uh, stay tuned for the next couple of weeks because you may be getting some. Uh, some good chat in soon but yeah that that's the big bash up to date the leaderboards looking pretty strikers heavy i must say so strikers sitting in first playing three winning three on six points then it's renegades stars in third scorchers hurricanes thunder heat and sixes in last so yeah it's it's pretty good it's going pretty good but i can't say anything because like we said the sixes and the women were winning winning and then fell at the last hurdle so so i don't want to speak too soon but i like where this is going at the moment we've also got the australia india series there's been a lot more cricket which we'll just brush over after this but we're going to go into this one in a bit more depth because it's been a pretty cool series the australia and india women's series first of all to see forty-five thousand at one game of cricket was awesome uh shout out heather graham even though she got a bit unlucky with that super over, which Australia lost a game. Let's not gloss over that. Australia lost a game of cricket for the first time since about 1837. Oh, that's how it seems anyway. Took a hat-trick overnight as well. So so shout out Heather Graham, who got a debut on the tour, as did uh, Kim Garth, Phoebe Litchfield. Don't think I'm missing anybody. But Australia winning that one 4-1. They did in the five T20s that they played, and they ended up losing the second one in the super over, which was crazy to think that Australia can actually lose they are human they are not invincible but yeah great series for Australia also in international cricket we've had Australian men beating West Indies we've had England beating Pakistan in a three-match series with a whitewash that was an incredible series we had Australia beating South Africa in the first test and we had England doing a full whitewash in the West Indies uh, in the women's game which was, uh, was was awesome to see so a lot of cricket that's a brief rundown we also had some WNCL as well 
with uh, South Australia winning a couple of games over ACT. But it's been bonkers. And I think we tried to recap it yesterday and it took us like three quarters of an hour. So uh, we're going to try and condense it a bit more. Yeah. Obviously, we can we can make a couple of shout outs. A shout out to Rayan Ahmed for England, who took a five for making. Uh, I think he's broken the record as the youngest one because Pat Cummins was holding that record. And I think he's he's passed that record yeah. now by holding that. So, yeah, so, yeah big shout out there. Um, like you said, Phoebe Litchfield, Heather Graham and Kim Garth are all making their debuts and, and getting those games really, really good to see. Obviously, Kim Garth as well, obviously being a former Ireland international, but sacrificing quite a lot to move over to Australia and, and make a career in Australian international cricket is pretty cool. And then also disappointing news for Alice Capsey and Freya Kemp in the England women's camp. Alice Capsey broke her collarbone fielding a ball in early in the ODI series and Freya Kemp is out with a stress fracture. So all the best for them, hoping for speedy yeah. recoveries. And Elisa Healy and Jess Jonathan, who are also out, yeah, sending all our best wishes to to all of those girls. Um, I'm sure they'll come back stronger. But yeah, like you said, to, t- to touch on WNCL, Scorpions and ACT took on each other in, in two games. South Australia winning the first one by 98 runs, so, so quite a confident win there. Maddie Penner was player of the match with... 98 not out and O'Neill with a really handy 74 not out as well it's good to see her in the runs column and then Katie Mack with 79 for ACT um, Rebecca Carter with 29 but that was kind of it from the ACT squad Kate Peterson with three wickets and Gemma Barsby with three wickets also um, a good debut from Inisu Mishangwe and Paris Hall who both made their debuts for South Australia yesterday Paris took a catch um, which was really good to see and then in the second game they also won by 68 runs this time. So, yeah, really good to see Scorpions up there. New South Wales took on Tasmania. Tasmania winning the first game by 10 wickets, uh, which was, yeah, a, a pretty pretty convincing win there, to say the least, and then winning the second game as well by seven wickets. Big shout-out to Claire Moore, actually, who's who's done really, really well for New South Wales. She scored 60 in this second game, which was a much-needed 60 because everyone else struggled to, to put together scores around her. But... She kind of steadied the ship for for New South Wales and it was unfortunate she couldn't get the team over the line there. And in the first game, she also scored the highest score of 29. So yeah, good to see one of the younger players out there doing doing well for their state. But yeah, that's the WNCL. The ladder's looking relatively similar, I think. Queensland in first, SA second, Tassie third, Western Australia fourth, New South Wales fifth, Victoria sixth and ACT seventh. So yeah, that's the WNCL. And I think that's all our cricket. So should we move on to a bit more festive stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We've got some uh, Christmas questions. We asked our previous interviewees, just some Christmas festive themed things like what's your favourite movie, favourite tradition, all that kind of stuff. So uh, to get you in the mood for Christmas, which is just a few days away as this is released, here are some cricket Christmas questions from some of our past guests. Do you have a favourite Christmas film? Oh, I love Home Alone, but is that counted as a Christmas one? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Grinch is probably up there for a kid's one, and then um, probably The Holidays, my other one. Okay. Nice. Be the best two. Rom-com, comedy, yep. covers yep. all bases. Probably Elf. Oh. I don't really watch too many Christmas movies, to be honest. Okay. Um, I mean, back in the day, it used to be I'll Be Home for Christmas because okay. I think um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was in it and he was a, a favourite of mine growing <laughs> up. Home Alone. And it's not only my favourite Christmas movie, it's just my favourite movie of all time. 
Probably Elf. Do you have a favourite Christmas memory? It'd probably be back when I was a lot younger and just the hours, obviously, summer Christmas, you know, spending it out on the barbecue, out in the backyard playing cricket with the family, usually not getting a bowl uh, back because my brother or my dad would be hogging it. Um, but those sort of memories are, are really special, um, of being able to spend time with family and, and, you know, enjoying each other's company. Um, I wouldn't say one particular. I love Christmas. It's one of my favourite times of year. Uh, me and mum are the two in our family that go all out and every year she says she's going to downsize in presents and I say no, so we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so a few years ago, me and my sister got given kayaks for Christmas and it was Christmas morning and we went down to the river and we're kayaking on these canoes and these dolphins just started jumping over our kayaks. It was the coolest day. Well, our, our tradition in our family um, is on Christmas Day to make it the biggest day um, ever. So we catch up with mum um, and dad's side of the family, one for lunch and one for dinner. Um, so that's definitely, over the years as the family has grown and grown and grown, it um, can, can be quite loud, as you can imagine. But we always do a Christmas photo in the um wrapping after you've unwrapped all your presents that all goes into the middle and all the kids hop in um the paper for the christmas shot so that's always um um, a fond memory of mine um but yeah it always ends up being some backyard cricket and those types of things also mixed in amongst it but yeah my, my yeah my greatest memories of just yeah when we just have all the family around lunch and then into tea so it's just it makes for a big day so by the time boxing day comes around you sit down to watch the test match yeah, you're definitely a bit tired. Me and my mum made Christmas shots for everyone and we made them wear them. We just got like um, like they stick on the felt reindeers and like little pom-poms and you know, they weren't like the prettiest Christmas shirts, <laughs> but they were very Christmassy. Yeah, um, and the same Christmas my uncle was there and he worked in a like pub his whole life, so he was making cocktails for us all day and it was just a good day. I, I love Christmas. I just think it's so great um, being one of five like just some of my favorite memories are just being in the living room so like so early when we were all really really young and we all sort of had our own like section of, of the living room you know some, someone had the couch and then someone had over near the TV and like we all had our stockings and our own little area and I just remember everyone just going ham and just like unwrapping things and you literally couldn't walk through the, the living room there was just paper all over the floor um, yeah, and when I think of Christmas, that, that's sort of what I think of. It's, it's obviously very different now, but, but back in the day, that yeah, that was, that's definitely a favourite. Do you have a favourite Christmas food or a traditional food in your family? No, my mum's a bit of a feeder, so she cooks everything under the sun, so there's usually a bit of everything, but trifle is usually, as long as that's on the menu, I'm usually okay. We have a, a big Christmas lunch every year that um, we normally mum's side and then dad's side's boxing day but mum's one of 13 so there's there's usually between 30 and 40 people there um, so it's pretty massive yeah um, and just a good time and a lot of drinks and a lot of fun uh, my mum makes an incredible spinach and ricotta cannelloni and so every christmas she makes that for me and so i think that is up there with my favorite time of the year oh we always have a hot roast lunch and christmas pudding and i know that's very what a lot of families would do but it's definitely yeah hot roast lunch um lamb or chicken or yeah beef or turkey or whatever it ends up being but yeah yum um i wouldn't say there's any traditions 
Um, but we definitely do like to make the cocktails. So it's a time where, yeah, we get a bit experimental with the, the spirits. The whole thing, we do Christmas lunch and just like, actually, this, no, my mum does crumbed cauliflower and it is, uh, it's unreal. It's so good. We just have it with the roast and it, it's one of my favourites. And of recent years, um, my brother's partner, she makes sticky date puddings and oh, they're the goat. They're so good. When do you put up your Christmas tree? It's a hard one for me to discuss this because I'm usually on the road so much. So I, you know, don't spend too much time at home. So I'd say if you can get it up a couple of days before Christmas, my biggest concern is when do you take it down? Because once it gets into January, you need to, yeah, you need to sort your Christmas yeah. tree down. Uh, I'm, I'm someone who waits till December. Good. November is too early for I all agree. those watching. I um, agree. Yeah. <laughs> December, anytime from 1st of December on and you're in. Currently I have not done it yet. Um, <laughs> let's say, well, I think people do it as of like when they tick, when December ticks over. Mm -hmm. So I think that the 1st of, the 1st of December is appropriate. I actually haven't got one up yet. I don't even have one. We've just bought this house. Um, so I'm waiting for my partner to be here because I feel like in the first Christmas we have to do it together. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm November as early as possible. The Christmas spirit is great. As soon as the weather starts looking nice, mm -hmm. put Christmas tree up. I used to believe that, you know, it's the 1st of December. Mm -hmm. I think whatever you want. Whatever you want. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think in November is definitely acceptable. So, yeah, that was our little Christmas questions segment. We hope you enjoyed listening and, and we hope you learned a little bit more about the guests that we've had on uh, previously. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed asking those questions. It, it got me in the Christmas spirit when I was feeling a bit not Christmassy. So, yeah, that definitely helped. Yeah, it certainly did. And we recorded those a little while ago, but but now we're certainly in the uh, in the Christmas spirit. But just to turn that back on you, Lily, and just to quickly ask you, what is your main Christmas tradition every year? Because um, you know we get all the players' thoughts, but very rarely we uh, we delve into our own personal lives with these kind of things. Yeah. Um, well, obviously here in Australia, for those listening who aren't in Australia, it's always very hot. Um, so usually ours is. We do all the all the present stuff, and we literally we do nothing really all day. We we go in the pool, which is always nice because it's so hot. And we have a special dinner each year. We have like a it's like a Sunday roast, but my mom does like stuffing wrapped in like chicken. I don't have that because I'm vegetarian. I have like cauliflower stuffed with stuffing. It is so nice. So that's kind of like our Christmas tradition and our Christmas dinner. Um, but yeah, the day's mostly spent outside and in the pool. What about you? Yeah, we were talking yesterday when we did the original pre-record about nativity. Now that both that's both of our Christmas traditions. That film, if you haven't seen it, get to know. It's the yeah. best Christmas film, better than any of the other ones I've watched. We watch that every Christmas Eve, which is brilliant. If you have, if you're English, you probably know what we're talking about. If you're Australian, just search it up. It's got Martin Freeman in it. What more could you want? Um, and then Christmas Day, usually our family round, go in the pool. Which if you're English and you're in minus seven degree heat right now. Or lack of heat, I should say. Um, sorry <laughs> that we're seeming to flex on you a little bit. Uh, but that's that's our Christmas pretty much. And then for me, it will be Boxing Day and the 27th, I'll be at the G. So that's a nice little add-on to things. But yeah, life's pretty good around this time of year, I reckon. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And and I associate Christmas with how hot it gets. So that's why I haven't been feeling too Christmassy this December because it's been a bit rainy. And it was raining last night and I'm, I don't feel Christmassy, but Christmas is literally like, 
four days away it's ridiculous so yeah glad you mentioned nativity i forgot to mention that one i do love love nativity uh force my family to watch it every christmas so it's great yeah but yeah now to kind of break it up a bit we had a chat to georgia wiley you may recognize that surname now that surname belongs to teague wiley as well who is the younger brother of georgia and georgia was brilliant wasn't she she's um she talked a lot about her growing up with her brother about her own cricket career what she hopes to achieve and what it's like to to play for western australia and how she kind of hopes to cement her her western australia place but yeah what did you make of of that before we kick it off yeah, and just quickly before we go into the interview, this was recorded a fair while ago. So some of the stuff potentially isn't relevant, but it was obviously when we recorded it. Uh, yeah, it was good to obviously speak to, to her about her upbringing, really, about how, you know, they had the talk with her and Teague about how they were brought up, how, you know, how their mindset was sort of formed and, and all that kind of stuff and how they've just been, you know, surrounded by cricket their whole lives. So that was the one thing that I sort of enjoyed when we chatted to her. Yeah, so enjoy our interview with Georgia Wiley. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Do you mind just starting off by telling us where in the world you are at the moment and what teams you're associated with currently with your cricket? So I'm currently in Mandra right now. So I live in Perth, but last night I drove down um, staying with my parents for the night. So I'm currently playing for the WA women's team. I'm contracted with the Perth Scorchers and domestically I play for South Perth Cricket Club. Nice. So are you travelling with the Scorchers? So pretty much we're travelling with 13 at the moment. So me and one of the other girls are staying back so we can train with the um, domestic teams and play some club cricket. Okay, nice. So going back right to the beginning, can you tell us how you first got into cricket and, you know, what, what that story was for you when you were younger? Yeah, so pretty much I grew up in a very much dominated cricket household. So my dad was a very good cricketer. My younger brother plays cricket. So I remember one day my best friend at the time actually called me up and said, you know, do you want to go down and play some cricket? And I first thought was absolutely not. I did not like cricket whatsoever. Um, I went down, gave it a crack and pretty much fell in love with it. So from then on, um, I started playing with the boys team down in Mandra and pretty much uh, the rest is history. So what was your pathway after that through like the women's WA setup to get where you are now? What was that pathway? Yes, I've actually had a pretty lucky pathway, I guess. I um, obviously started playing with the boys and then when I was, I think maybe 12 or 13, I got an email from the Wacker saying I'd been invited to train with the state on the 15 side. So um, had to make the drive up to the city about three, four times a week. Um, and from there, I started playing for South Perth Cricket Club, um, went through the under-15s, under-18 pathways, um, was lucky enough to become a WA rookie. And then, yeah, was pretty much lucky enough to get a contract first year out of underage. Yeah, absolutely. And that and getting that contract must have been an amazing feeling, that first one. Um, do you have any memories of where you got the call up or what your first thoughts, your first memories when you received that contract? Yeah, I literally remember it like it was yesterday. So I was at home. I was living at home at the time. Um, I had actually just quit my job, finished high school. I was actually moving to Amsterdam for six months to play some cricket. Um, and then obviously COVID hit. So obviously I felt like, you know, my life was over. Dreams were crushed. And I was out the front with my dad. And Rebecca Grundy, the head coach, gave me a call and she said, you know, I heard 
here, you're off to Amsterdam. I said, no, not anymore. She goes, well, I've got some silver lining for you. You know, you've been offered a contract. And I, I literally asked if she was joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a pretty special day. Well, uh, good to hear that she wasn't. And, um, yeah, she yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is a good sign. Um, you spoke about your, your cricket mad family as well. And obviously you spoke a little bit about T, your brother, who plays for WA and is doing so well at the moment. Do you have any fond memories of growing up with him? And did you sort of inspire each other to play cricket or was there sort of like a healthy competition within the household? Oh, absolutely. I think me and my brother, we grew up playing, you know, backyard cricket. Um, lots of haymakers were thrown. Um, I remember one day, especially, I, I started the day bowling. I got in out auto wiki, would, would never have been out, but, you know, dad felt sorry for me. Then I was in for that and I got out first ball. So that's why he's the batter and I'm the bowler because I um, never was in there long enough. And the one thing I'm picking up out of that is first ball. Is that, is, you can never get out first yeah, ball. It's back yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it's seriously a joke. I know. Yeah, you were very yeah. hard done by there. Very, very hard done by. But the one thing I wanted to pick up about, about Teague is a, a, a quote that regarded him. Um, he made a shield ton recently. And he, um, the quote was, tax accountants don't celebrate when they do their tax return. So I shouldn't celebrate scoring 100. Is that the same mindset that was instilled into you when you were growing up playing cricket? Right. Or so I can, yeah, I can guarantee you that the day I score my first first class 100, my helmet is off, my bat is in the air, my feet are up day is done so <laughs> um that was not installed into me but I could yeah that's just key that is just his nature he's always been that way and I think that is why um I guess he is so good because he is so level and it's yeah he's he's a freak yeah, he's he's doing really really well for himself which is uh, which is great to see but um you obviously made your WA state debut in February against uh Lily's South Australia do you remember who it was you dismissed who took your first wicket and how was the celebrations? Were the celebrations muted or were you, uh, were you going mental? I'm not going to lie. I think it might have been Tegan McFarland. I don't know. Well done. Maybe. Well is done. it? Okay, great. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm completely honest, that whole day is just a complete ball of anxiety in my head. I remember I took the new ball and my arms were literally shaking at the top of my mouth. I cannot remember that day, um, which I hate because I, you know, that is, that will go down as one of the greatest days of my life. So I'm kind of bummed about that, but yeah, pretty stoked, pretty stoked for that. Yeah. And a lot of players aspire to reach the top level. So to play for your state and, you know, to reverse all these states, what was it like for that dream to kind of become a reality? Oh, honestly, that is, it's a childhood dream. I guess from when I was about 10 years old, I knew I wanted to play cricket for the rest of my life. And um, I remember the day before um, we'd kind of flown out to Adelaide, I found out I was debuting. My parents actually surprised me at the airport, which was pretty special. So I didn't think they were going to make it over. So to have them there with me, that's something I'll, I'll cherish for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Yeah, that's brilliant. So also then contracting with the Scorchers. Now, being in and around that team, you were there for 06 and then weren't in the squad last year, but you're back in it this year. So what's it like to be in and around that squad and are there certain things that you've learned and picked up from being around that group of people? Oh, it is absolutely unreal. I literally pinched myself. I know the other day at Lilac, I was bowling next to Marizan Cup and I literally just had to take a second and just be like, is this real life? Like I'm literally bowling next to my idol. Um, and that's the thing, right? Like it's as much as it sucks not playing, just being in that environment, it's it's such a surreal moment and something, yeah, oh, it's I can't even put it into words, to be honest. <laughs> and then back to like growing up and then reaching those dreams and reaching those goals. Did you have any specific cricket idols growing up? 
Yeah, so I guess I didn't actually know female cricket was a thing until I think I was about 12 or 13. So I looked up to Johnson a lot. Being a left armer, steaming in, I guess I always wanted to bowl up him, which is probably why I'm a bit of a round arm bowler. Um, but I think from a female space, obviously Elise Perry has been an absolute pioneer of our game. So, yeah, I think watching her and then I guess being in the hub a few years ago, you know, she said hi to me and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, I think now that I'm a little bit older and I can kind of appreciate female cricket um, and how hard it is, I think Beth Mooney is absolutely unreal. You know, she's been so good for so long. I, I really respect her and her game. Yeah, and obviously being in and around the Scorcher team and being in the WA team, you've got a front row seat quite a lot of the time to some of Beth Mooney's work. What is it like, obviously, not only calling her an idol, but calling her a teammate as well? Oh, it's so cool. Um but I think my favourite things about the teams I'm in is, yeah, they're good cricketers, but they're actually great humans as well. And I think that's just so important in life. Female cricket especially is so powerful because everyone's a good human and they've actually got other things outside of cricket that they enjoy, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's so cool. And yeah, they're, they're great humans. Yeah, and just on that, obviously being great humans, the morale seems pretty good in that Scorcher dressing room. We've spoken to a couple of Scorchers players uh, and they all say the same, that the morale is is amazing. So on top of the cricket and on top of the actual stuff that gets played on the field, how good is it to be a part of a team that seems so good off it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a great team. So everyone gets along really, really well. We all enjoy each other's company. So I think that that's what translates into really good on-field performances as well because, everyone actually gets along very well off it. Yeah, that's good. And obviously you haven't played a game this year for the Scorchers, which wouldn't be the best for you, but do you think that you're playing an extra role in upholding that morale? Do you think you've got, you know, a little bit more work to do off the field because you're, you know, you're yeah. not playing as much cricket? Yeah, absolutely. And we've had those conversations in the change rooms. You know, my my role is might not necessarily be, you know, open the bowling or being in the 11, but my role is to to be a sponge to the older players and keep pushing people for their spots and asking as many questions as, as I can. And I think that's been, that's what's really, really special about our group because they're really receptive to younger players like me. Yeah, and that's awesome to see because you want the, the next generation to come up and obviously you're a part of the, the next wave. And that's good to see that, you know, that the older players are starting to inspire you. But just on that, what do you think the best bit of advice is that you've received maybe from a coach or from, you know, maybe an older teammate of yours that you can go, well, right, I can, you know, hold on to this for, for a decade to help improve my cricket. Yeah, so I actually heard this one a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks, maybe a few months ago, and it's actually really stuck with me and it's performance gets you in the room, but attitude keeps you there. Um, and I think a lot of kids, you know, they think they have to hit all these big sixes and they have to perform every single game. But when in reality, yeah, performance plays a part, but your attitude and your dedication and, you know, the way you, you, you're punctual at training, I actually think that says more about you as an athlete than sometimes performance does. Yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant one. That's a wonderful one. And but just on the next generation, you, you've spoken about, you know, obviously being a young cricketer and wanting to make it up to the top. Um, do you feel like you've got also a role to inspire the generation, you know, below you in a sense, is to say, well, you know, like the, the young kids in the game or young girls wanting to play cricket. Do you think you, you've got a role in inspiring that next generation? And do you think of yourself as an inspiration to younger cricketers? Yeah, I think that's the most, I feel like that's the coolest part about female cricket and where it's headed is, you know, we are role models to the next generation and we do, I guess we have a platform to inspire. Um, do I think I'm an inspiration yet? Probably not. Um, but I think I'm just trying to trying to do my part in, yeah, being a good athlete, but being a good human and giving back where I can. 
just one more on that. Um, how good do you think women's cricket is for bringing a community together, whether it be club cricket or or WBBL cricket or WNCL cricket, to bring the whole community together and say, well, right, you know, this is what women's cricket is in Australia. We can put that to the world. Yeah, and I think you make a good point. I feel like female cricket is in such a unique position where we do have a bit of a community. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I don't know what it is. I can't give you an answer, but I, I see the direction we're heading and it's really exciting because I think we are bringing females together and we're we're kind of changing um, the way we view sport. It's not a boy sport anymore and it's just sport. Um, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, still kind of on Big Bash. Now, how are you preparing yourself? Is there a certain way you are if you end up being called up to the Scorchers by the end of the end of the tournament? You know, there's certain things that you're you're preparing for. Do you feel like you'd be ready for that? Yeah, I think it's just trusting your preparation. I think I'm I'm a hard worker by nature, and I think it's just trusting all of that and using the data behind you. But um, yeah, I guess it, for me, it's just making sure I'm having every single training session with a purpose and working on what I need to and if I was to jump in that position I know I know my role and I know my game and I know I can execute because I've been doing it at training um so yeah I think it just comes down to doing the hard work early and you can cash it in later and, and that's the that's the mindset that gets people far and you talked about mindset before and how important that is but you know obviously you are still waiting in the wings from a scorcher's point of view but what are the things you're you're picking up from either players or coaches to say well right well, this is you know what's going to help me take the next step yeah, and I, I think it's pretty clear for me, I guess, being a left arm and my job is to swing the new ball and pitch it up and bowl full. And I think that's that's pretty much as simple as I'm keeping it. I, if I make it any more complex, then I'll probably just confuse myself as well. So, um, yeah, I think I've been, I've been trying some new fields. I've been trying some new variations. Coming around the wicket as a left arm can be pretty, um, pretty crucial in time. So... I think it's, yeah, for me, it's just adding new niches to my game here and there and um, yeah, just making sure that I put my hand up. Yeah, and obviously you don't want to give too much away in case that you get, you know, thrown into the, to the line. Like we don't want to be uh, giving the opposition, you know, all of your <laughs> your, uh, your arsenal. But you know, how good is it knowing that you, you're adding new tricks to your game and you're adding new things to your arsenal to become more versatile and perhaps be more ready for selection? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the direction of women's cricket is you have to. You can't just have two balls anymore. You have to have all these little variations. Otherwise, people will get on top of you pretty quickly. Um, but I think that's just really exciting, to be honest. I think the more professional that women's cricket gets, you know, that's going to become the standard. Yeah, and obviously the, the standard is raising very, very quickly and it's wonderful to see for uh, for all involved. But if we go back to, to WBBL, um, you first signed in WBBL. 06 and didn't play but you know the first season at WBBL level obviously you you're not an old cricketer you've got your best cricket in front of you so what was that like in WBBL 06 you know the competition's still growing and still getting more eyes on it but what was that like being around that team in that first year of yours oh when I say I was a kid in the candy shop it was unreal I mean you're locked in that in a hotel with every other team and you know you're walking to breakfast and Elise Perry sitting there with Meg Lanning like it's it's unbelievable and I'm so grateful that for that experience I know I didn't play but just being in the in and around those conversations and you know just being in that environment that just holds you in such good stead for the future and of course WBBL6 was the hub year which is what you uh, allude to there uh, do you reckon that helped or or harmed your cricket was it one of those things where everyone's locked in a room were you, were you sick and tired of your teammates or was it one of those things where it was like <laughs> you're a sponge and you're just sticking to them like glue 
Yeah, yes, I was pretty lucky. Um, two of my best friends were local replacement players. So I guess we don't have any responsibilities at home. You know, I just locked up and left my apartment. Um, didn't have any other yeah, real responsibilities. So it was more like an eight-week holiday and I just got paid to play cricket. Like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's not half bad, that is it? <laughs> when, you, when, you, when, you, when you put it like that, eight-week holiday, exactly. just getting to do something you love, it's, it's not too Absolutely. bad. Absolutely. Yeah, um, with your idols. Literally walking to breakfast with, what, 50 of, of your idols. Yeah. 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 That's going. That's something that um that we've noticed, like a bit of a pattern when we spoke to the younger cricketers in that, 06 season is they were the ones who were like yeah loved it learned so much got to just walk past all these cool people yeah. and then the older players are like uh I kind of wanted to leave it's a bit boring yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's good how um yeah how how you were able to to have like such close accessibility to to these people and to learn from these people that's that's really awesome I think but yeah absolutely yeah. Now, obviously, you know, if we move on from WBBL 06 to WBBL 07, uh, you were left out of the Scorchers squad uh, entirely. And the team obviously yeah. got their first title, the maiden title in the club's history. Was that a bittersweet feeling, seeing obviously teammates that, you, you know, you're friends with and you have a great morale and are a part of, seeing them lift the trophy while you're not involved? Yeah, isn't that always the way? The one year you're not there, they win. <laughs> um, but nah, I'm, I've been a Scorchers fan my whole life, so there was no bitterness from me. I was so stoked to see some of my mates lift that trophy and have a medal around their neck, and we were definitely out there celebrating with them. So yeah, a very, very special moment. Hopefully we can go back to back. You mentioned there about being a Scorchers fan. So to go from being in the crowd one moment, watching you know, them win games, hit runs, and then in maybe next season, even this season, to possibly be that one where younger people are watching you take the wickets, hit the winning runs. What's that like for you to know that that could become a reality really soon? Oh, it's it's seriously unbelievable. And I remember my first year on contract, I had a bit of a full circle moment for my for my 12th birthday. Me and my little brother got a tour of the Wacker and I actually sat in Nicole Bolton's change room. I got a photo. And then, you know, a few years later, I'm actually her teammate like stuff like that it is it blows my mind and I'm so grateful for it every single day it's so cool like what a position to be in. I'm so blessed <laughs> it's amazing and then talking about the move from WBBL now WNCL is on pause until after the big bash ends so you played in the first couple of games this season for the WNCL for Western Australia so what's your experience been like so far within the Western Australian team you've taken a couple of wickets Western Australia are in a good spot at the moment. So what's that experience been like for you? Oh, I absolutely adore this team. And I think adding, you know, characters like Beth Mooney and Lily Mills from Queensland, I think it just makes us, you know, not just a better cricket team, but a, a better just unit in general. You know, we're, we're all good humans. And I think that's what we pride ourselves on. We look after our mates. So, yeah, it's a really, really nice organisation to be a part of. Yeah, and like we said, it's obviously on pause and then it resumes after WBBL. So is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to about joining back uh, with the Western Australia group? And have you got any certain plans in place or anything like that? Obviously, you probably can't tell too much, but... <laughs> I'll tell you all my secrets. Um, no, I think we're just looking forward to to getting out there in the yellow and black again. We have a lot of pride playing for that uniform. We really enjoy it, and I think we know we've got a really good crack this year. And I, so I think we're going out with that belief. And, you know, last year we were a really young team, but I think a season like that will hold us in pretty good stead, you know, because, you know, we've got, what, 15, 16 on our list and we've all had a really good experience. So I think, yeah, really excited to get amongst it. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. It's going to be a super exciting season. Do you, do you reckon you can go all the way with the Western Australia team? I mean, obviously you'd say yes, but, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think our group is capable of anything. And I think the most exciting thing is, is we're all so young still. And we've got so much time and, you know, it's hard to see that now. But when you take a step back, you know, this, this group is seriously capable of anything. Yeah, we were saying like a few of the the teams lose players who are contracted with Australia. So you know, I think Alana King, Beth Mooney. But what's that dynamic going to be like within that team when they leave? You know, what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt that Beth, any team with Beth Mooney and Alana King in it are going to be better teams. But I think the most exciting thing is, is you know, we've got local players and WA grown players who do stand up and they do play an important role. So you know, Tilly Carmichael, Chloe Paro, even, you know, Mads, you know, they've all had really good stints in WNCL so far. And I think it's, you know, our batting lineup is seriously strong with them in it as well. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah. And if you, if you look at a bowl like Alana King, obviously you and Alana are different bowlers, but do you think that'll give you more opportunities? Maybe when Alana does go off to play for Australia, do you think that'll give you more opportunities to, to shine with the ball for Western Australia? Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the plan. I think, you know, there's there's another 10 overs right there. So I'm just doing whatever I can. And if those 10 overs are mine, then I'm stoked. And if not, I'm just stoked to be a part of the group still. So either way, I think, yeah, we're just excited to get out there. And if you if you go back to your to your own personal accolades, WA Rising Stars, not a bad one to uh, to win. Obviously, you and Teague have, you know, the trophy cabinet on an individual sense is building <laughs> very quickly. Um, but how, what was that sort of feeling like winning such an award and, and how prestigious an award is that from, uh, from your point of view? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's still really surreal, but um, I guess you, I don't really look at accolades now. I feel like that's something that you look at kind of when you've done your career. So I'm, I'm still here to do a job and I feel like I, I haven't played my best cricket yet. And I think as annoying as it is, I think that's really exciting. So I'm just really excited for what this year is going to hold. So then also talking about um, something you do outside of cricket. Now you're a, a Waterbility ambassador. Um, can you tell us a bit more about this and, you know, what, why you wanted to, to join up with them? Yeah, absolutely. So Waterbility is an NDIS provider, community access support worker group, I guess. Um, and I guess I, I love helping people and I've, I've kind of grown up with helping kids with special needs and disabilities um, so it's something that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. So when I got the opportunity to become a support worker and then an ambassador, I really jumped on it. Um, obviously, it's hard in cricket season. You can't really do much of it with travelling and lots of uh, busy schedule. But, yeah, I definitely see it being an avenue I'll take post-cricket. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, you know, what sort of things does that include? What sort of things do you do within that um like a role. Yeah, a role. Yeah. Role, yeah. Well, yeah. Within that. Oh, it's it's so ridiculous. Um, it doesn't even sound like work. You know, I I have a participant and we went we went go-karting, we've been bowling with what is it called? A bowling alley. Um, I've been swimming, I've been it doesn't even sound like job, but it's you know, for these kids, they actually can't do that on their own. So happiness just comes first and if going go-karting will make them happy we'll go there if going you know on trips to the park will make them happy we'll go there too so yeah it's just giving these kids opportunity to do things that we take for granted every day that's lovely I really like that that's brilliant would you be kind of like a bit well you are an ambassador but would you also be a, an ambassador in order to to get more people involved is that something that you would recommend people to do if possible yeah yeah, absolutely. So I've got a few girls from our cricket team. So Ashley Day, um, she's a keen support worker as well. So 
it's kind of, you know, they've, they've just established themselves in Perth. So I think, you know, my job is to kind of normalise being a support worker and showing how cool it can be helping other people. So, yeah, as much as my job is to do it, it's actually to promote it and give it a bit of a platform as well. That's wonderful. I really, really like that. And then going back to cricket, you know, very briefly, what would you say, aside from the things that we've probably already mentioned, are your, your goals for the future, whether that be short term or long term? Yes, I think more of a short-term goal for me is to just be become a really established and consistent WNCL player. Um, and then obviously long-term goal would be a baggy dream. I think that's every every cricketer's goal. So hopefully one day. Hopefully. I think I've, we'd, we'd like to see that for sure. And then do you have a favourite cricket memory, whether that be you know throughout any point in your life? I think, okay, this is weird because we actually lost this game. But I remember uh, State Under-19's game and we were versing New South Wales and we took it to a super over. And up until that point, you know, WA, we were never, never really strong. But I, I just remember this moment and it clicked in my head. And I was like, you know what? We off these guys. Like, we are actually good enough. Um, and just the adrenaline, adrenaline of that game and just the highs and lows I just yeah cricket unbelievable sport and that's just one day I'll always remember yeah it's an insane sport isn't it the things the things that it can bring the things that it can do yeah <laughs> absolutely mental but yeah so now we like to kind of wrap up our interviews with some quick fire questions so I think Ollie you were going to take them this time so we're going to start off with a couple of cricket related ones we're going to swap to uh some non-cricket related ones as well so uh we're going to start off with uh, red ball cricket or white ball cricket white ball all right. If you're if you're stuck on a desert island, hypothetically, what person would you like with you, and what two things would you be wanting with you? Oh, that is a great question. I think I'd probably. Oh, I actually don't know. Maybe my mum because I love my mum, and probably my brother because he would be really good entertainment. Um, then I think probably a water bottle and some sunscreen. Nice. <laughs> logical cool. like it yeah <laughs> very nice um so let's say you're in the final over of a game for uh, for wa um would you rather win that game with three sixes or with a hat trick oh can i say both maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe <hat -trick. laughs> if you yeah. did both you would break some sort of record i don't know what it exactly. is you I'm would be for that you'd go viral I'd, i have to go hat trick yeah. yeah no it makes sense probably being a bowler that makes sense yeah, um, yeah. favorite shapes flavor oh barbecue yeah Common answer. without doubt yeah <laughs> uh beach or backyard cricket beach nice pineapple on pizza yes or no absolutely good but you look like you're gonna say absolutely not so I was like, i'm glad oh, no <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> Hawaiian pizza. yeah no, no. Hawaiian pizza has my heart yep yeah good nice. good Orange juice or apple juice? Orange juice. Nice. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Favourite cuisine? Indian. Great yep. call. All right. So we're going to switch this one up a little bit from what we've originally been doing. But let's say you're on a game show. Um, yeah. You've got to phone a friend to uh, win you a million dollars. You get to pick one cricketer. And um, if you want to choose someone else who's not a cricketer, um, you can as well. So cricketer, I will pick yeah. Ash Day because I know she will answer her phone any any hour of the day. So she is extremely reliable. And then non-cricketer, 
Oh, probably my dad. My dad is extremely reliable. So uh, a bit of a how's that folk call on this one. Is porridge a cereal? Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Do you have a do you have a you know, a reason as to why you would think that? Not off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> you just yeah, automatically yes. Yeah. We get a lot of interesting answers to that. Yeah, you never think of it until you're asked it, and then you're kind of like, well. No, genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. (laughs) Um, That is all the questions we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. I'll look forward to seeing you uh, play for for WA back at the end of the year. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. So that was Western Australia and Scorchers player Georgia Wiley. We thank Georgia for coming on the podcast and taking time out to speak to us. It was quite a wonderful interview. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, she was great. And yeah, like really excited to see what she does with, with her future. Obviously a bright star in the future. And um, we really look forward to seeing, like I said, what, what she can do for Western Australia and the Scorchers. So yeah, thank you, Georgia, for your time. So next week we will be taking a bit of a break. I think it's a it's a pretty well-deserved break for both of us. Obviously, I've not taken a week off since the beginning of the year. It has been a full year of editing every single week. So I, I need a bit of a break. You need a bit of a break. Uh, but we will be back in the new year. And the new year is an exciting time because it's coming up to, to one year of How's That? So make sure you stay tuned in the new year for some exciting things that will happen there. But yeah, that was this week's episode. We, like we said, hopefully we got everybody into the Christmas spirit a little bit at least. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm really excited for Christmas. Are you excited for Christmas? Yeah, I'm excited for Christmas and New Year, which quick mention, of course, we've got the New Year's Eve game at, at Adelaide Oval, which I'll be there for. I'm coming over uh, to watch the game. So we'll be filming a little bit of stuff for the, the socials, I would think, just to, uh, you know, whet the hell's appetite. Even if it's not an episode, we'll, uh, we'll you know, film a, a little bit of stuff to, you know, get you in the New Year's Eve mood as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hopefully a great festive season. A lot of cricket. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So like we said, we'll be back in the new year and we'll make sure we talk all about our experience at the New Year's Eve game. Um, hopefully it's a striker's win, but I'm, uh, I know you're not no. thinking the same. Um, no. But yeah, if you wanted to get in contact with us, you can do so by finding us on Instagram, Twitter or TikTok at How's That TCP. You can send us an email at How's That The Cricket Podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a rating on Spotify as well, which would be greatly appreciated. Thank you once again, everybody, for listening for 50 episodes. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, so a big thank you from me and Ollie. But yeah, that's that's it from me this week. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, me as well. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. All the best. How's that? You missed the bad.